As you all can tell, we had an amazing time at Axis Nation this year. Um, but don't worry, we brought something back for you. We thought the best way to do Student Takeover Sunday would be to have the students themselves share a word with you. Each of these students has an incredible word that they got from God while at Access Station. So each of them has five minutes to bring that word to you. We invite you today to be a part of TY. But the thing is, TY, we get loud and we get crazy. So we want you guys to show them all the love you can because they have an amazing, impactful word for you this, this afternoon. I am so proud of each and every one of you and each, every person that came on the trip. I saw God move in ways I never imagined. And I just want to say, as your new pastor, I am so proud of each and every one of you. Let's get this thing started. Yeah. Hey, guys. What's up, what's up, what's up? Little girl, big fro on the stage. Hey. <laughs> So, uh, quick intro. My name is Olivia Bowman, and I am Blasian. I am not Hispanic. Thank you. All your questions have been answered. Um, <laughs> so, um, just a quick life summary. Uh, born to some amazing parents. God gave me an amazing family. Um, time come for about middle school time. I, uh, I was like, man, God's really not working in my life. I'm, I'm going to step away from the church. It's, it's not me. So uh, come sophomore year, I'm, uh, I'm going through a lot, a lot of depression, a lot of really bad thoughts. It was hanging on me real hard, but I made it through. Um, come that summer, I walked into Transformation Church, which was back then uh, the church at Knoxville. Throwback for some of y'all. Um, and let me just say, y'all are crazy. Y'all were crazy. I walked in. Five people said hi to me and waved that I had no clue existed. It was like those aunties you see where they're like, oh, my God, I saw you when you were born. I don't know you now. Excuse you. I have no clue who you are. But uh, fast forward to a couple months ago, I got baptized. Um, yeah, it, it was a great time. It's never too late to love God, guys. But uh, this past week, I went to Access Nation, and I want to share some messages with you guys that are really felt on my heart. Is it okay if I preach to you today? All right. So the first one that God really put on my heart, um, someone said, the voice you listen to is the destiny you experience. That's good, right, huh? <laughs> a, good, a good scripture to go with that, Proverbs 2.6, uh, King James Version. For the Lord giveth wisdom, out of his mouth cometh knowledge and understanding. If you're not listening to God's voice, how can you accept his knowledge and understanding of the world? But real question, real question, real quick. Are you listening to your friends? Are you listening to your pastor? Are you listening to your youth group? Are you listening to your parents? You should be listening to your parents. It's a pretty, pretty good, useful message. I mean, but uh, if you're not listening to God, how can you accept his blessings? How can you accept the great things he's trying to put in your life? How can you accept his joy, his wonder, his righteousness to spread to other people? It's, it's a good word, and I'm going to need you to listen to it. The next message I have for you. And I'm going to step on this platform up front because it's a real good one. It's a real good one. I need y'all to hear this. If someone told their child to follow you, where would they end up? If someone told their child to follow you, where would they end up? I know I got two little brothers that want to follow me. 13-year-old, 6-year-old. They're, uh, they're really great. But uh, I want them to follow behind me and say, man, my sister's got the love of God in her. She is righteous. She's going to walk into that building. She's going to accept God's blessings day after day. She is the epitome of what God's righteousness and God's love does. I, I promise you. 
parents, parents in the house today, I want your kids to look at me. I want them to walk out of that kids blast area. I want them to see me and be like, man, she's not afraid to whip her fro and say amen to God because she loves him too much. I am a daughter of God. And I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to show it till the day I die. A really, really good story to go with it. King James, King, not King James, King David. He, uh, he just got the opportunity to be king of the kingdom. And, uh, he stripped his clothes, started dancing, having a good time. A lady called him out. He clapped back. He said, man, you think I'm crazy? Man, God just blessed me. I'm going to spread his love to the day I die. And let me tell you right now, you think I'm crazy now? I can be a whole lot worse. I will show his love to the day I die. I will show my rear end to spread the love of God. And I'm telling you. And another really good point. I want y'all to take this away today. Y'all ever seen a telescope, right? Y'all know what a telescope is? All right, you're about fifth grade, right? Set up in your backyard. You're looking up at the stars, trying to find the Big Dipper, right? It's a big, big, bright line of stars. You're looking this way, right? You see a couple stars here and there. You see a whole lot of darkness, so I'm telling you right now, if you shift your telescope this way, it's right there, brightest you'll ever see. If you do not shift your telescope to the light of God, how can you shine bright in this world? When is your light going to come out of you? How can you accept his blessings? When are you going to read his word? When are you going to feel his righteousness in your heart? I'm telling you right now, it's insane because he shifted my scope. Yeah. Let me tell y'all a story real quick. Access Nation this past week, fourth day. I'm, I'm feeling the love of God. My, my youth pastors are up front and uh, everybody's crying, everybody's preaching. And I'm, I'm singing to the God himself. And I feel him say to me, I want you to serve full time in my house. Now, let me, say, let me tell y'all something. I'm 17 years old. I've had a plan for my life since back when I was 12, and that's insane for me to hear. That was so scary, but, but I got to trust God. So the only thing I'm going to do is I'm going to take my telescope from right here. I'm going to shift it this way. His light, I'm going to trust his light, and I'm going to follow it till the day I die. Thank you for letting me preach to y'all. Hey guys, um, oh, there's the bar, <laughs> all the way up there. Um, so, yes, we all went on Access Nation. It was a very great experience, and I just kind of want to talk to you guys about how it impacted me. So, before Access Nation, really just kind of for the past, like, two years of my life, I just kind of, like, was going through it. just, like, didn't really care about anything, like, schools, like, uh, whatever, uh, just coming to church, just youth group, everything. I was just like, okay, fine. Like, I had friends here. Like, I had a good time, but I was kind of missing the whole point of being in the house of God, which is to be with God. And so that just kind of, that's kind of all shifted in Access Nation, but it didn't start out like that. It started out, I was just like, just mad at my mom, just gonna just come over here, ride some go-karts, whatever, just have some fun. But I just wasn't going up there with the intention of getting anything out of it, which is just kind of what I'd been doing. And so the first few days go by and nothing really happens. I'm like, oh, that worship was so good, but I didn't really feel anything or just, it was like, it was really, I mean, it was such a great experience, but I just kind of missed out on it because I wasn't open to it. I wasn't open to receiving it. I was, I was a dull Christian. I was a dull knife. So the trials of life would come at me and I'd try to cut through it, but nothing would happen. And then something else would happen and still nothing. And so I would just feel like 
oh, this is just how it is. Like, I'm just, that's just how it's going to be for a while. And so then we get to the third day, and there's this pastor. His name is Wayne Francis. He's pretty great. If you, if you don't know who he is, you should, like, look him up because he's pretty cool. Um, and his whole message was just kind of, like, calling me out, which was the theme of Access Nation called out. And he was just like, oh, I mean, I don't know. Maybe some of you guys are just here because you're just mad with your parents. You just, you just want to get away. You're just, like, not really in it. You're just kind of going through the motions, just faking it. And that was me. I was like, okay, uh, gotcha. <laughs> and so I, was, I really just kind of tuned in at that point. And, I mean, he just said something that really just opened me up. And the reason that he said, the reason that you're not, like, facing these things, the reason that you're not, like, dealing with your problems is because you're too proud. Because for you to deal with a lot of things in your life, you'd have to admit that you were wrong, that the way that you were looking, the way that you were thinking is wrong, and that you have to switch your focus to what God wanted you to think, and that that is the right way, that, that you just have to admit that you've not been doing, doing it how he wanted you to do it. And so for me, that just really hit home because I didn't want to, I didn't want to admit that I had been wrong, that I had been not doing what was best for me. And so once he said that, it was just like, just something just opened up. And so the rest of the conference, it was just a whole, a whole new experience. It was like, I don't even have words for it. It was crazy. And so the next day they have, uh, they have this girl named Charlotte Gamble and they said, oh, she's from the Life Church in UK. I was like, okay, so Kentucky. Not the United Kingdom. I was like, and then she started talking. She had a British accent. I was like, what? <laughs> what is this? And so her whole sermon, she was, she was really, it was a really good sermon. It kind of went over my head a little bit. She kept talking about these chairs, but a few things that stuck with me is her whole thing was re-enter the room. She's saying that you're not, you're in the right place. You're in the place that God wants you, but you're just not looking at it how he wants you to look at it. You're just, you're just not seeing things the way that he wants you to. So she was just saying that sometimes in your life, you just need to just step back from, your, from everything, and you just need to look at it differently. You just need to just re-enter the room with a new attitude, with new accountability, with just new things in your life so that it's not the same. And so that, that is really something that I've been trying to do since I came back, since I re-entered the room of church and just of my life and just in general and so one thing that I just I was just thinking about that I was like what am I doing wrong because I mean I've been church my whole life you know and I've just been surrounding myself with the wrong people you know so like here's a knife it's I mean it's kind of sharp now but why this morning it was dull if you tried to cut something with it it would not cut anything so what you have to do you just have to sharpen it you have to hone it Now it's ready to cut things. It's not, it's a tool that can be used. So the Bible says that iron sharpens iron. So one thing that I realized is I was, I was a, a piece of iron. I was a Christian, but I was surrounded by rocks and just things that were not sharpening me. And then I was like, why am I not sharp? Why is this not working? It's the, thing that I, the thing that I ultimately came to is you just have to intentionally want to surround yourself with people that will bring you up. And so... That's my, I want to leave you guys with this is, are you sharp? And if you're not, are you surrounding yourself with people that are sharp?
really quickly, shout out to Charles for giving me my glasses back. It took forever, but. Hi, my name is Reese. You might know my mom or dad, Corey and Becca Wilson. They're right there. They're leaders in the church. Whenever my dad speaks, everyone always comes up to me and they're like, your dad's so funny. Everyone just needs to know that I'm way funnier. So. I, um, I grew up in church, the church at Knoxville, now Transformation Church, but I never really believed in God. My parents always made me go until last year I went to Axis and I started believing in God, but I never really believed in who God made me to be. I always, I felt like his least favorite or I was never noticed or chosen for things. Um, I mainly went to Axis for boys and friends. Sorry, Dad. <laughs> but it was different. Um, I connected with God, and I didn't think that was going to happen. On Wednesday, Olivia asked me to talk, and I felt like I should say yes. So I started reading my Bible a whole bunch, and I researched. It was whenever I could. I had my Bible with me that entire one day, but <laughs> felt like longer. This past year, I moved schools, so I went from a really small school to a really big school, and it's hard. Like, you get lonely, and you have to do things to fit in, and I did some of those things, and we were just worshiping, and I was ashamed of the things I had done, and I was apologizing, and God had just told me that he was right there, even though I felt alone. That was pretty cool because that was the first time God had ever spoken to me and he hadn't left me. He was just waiting for me to say yes. And I realized that we're all his favorite. First Peter 2.9 says, we are chosen no matter what we do, he forgives us. So I have this $20 bill here. Raise your hand if I gave you this $20 bill, you'd just take it, like, for free. Yeah? Okay, well, what about now? Mm-hmm. What about now? No, Mindy, you can't have it. I've learned that life will fold you, and it'll bend you, and it'll crumple you, and stomp on you, and trample you. But it doesn't matter what life does to you because you're still just as valuable in God's eyes. He'll always forgive you. And I can still use this $20 bill just like God can still use you. He's not forgotten you. You're not forsaken. He's there. I thought I turned it off. My bad. Hey guys, what's up? I'm Jasmine, and before I get into the message, I'm just gonna give you guys like a little background story, like what was going on in my life like six to eight months ago. Has anybody ever been on a Jesus high? You know, you're just like super crazy, and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm ready to like go lead a missions trip, and I want to speak in tongues all the time, and like walking through Walmart going insane, but all of a sudden. All of a sudden, it just ended, 
in like November. It was like stale and stagnant and there was like no umph whatsoever. And I noticed that some of the things that I used to do that got me close to God just wasn't working the same anymore. And I think this message brought a lot of clarity into my eyes and I use this and I hope that it helps you guys too. Now in Psalm chapter 92 verses 12 through 14, it says, look how you've made all your lovers flourish like palm trees, each one growing in victory and standing in strength. You've transplanted them into your heavenly courtyard where they are thriving before you. For in your presence, they will still overflow and be anointed. Even in their old age, they will stay fresh, bearing luscious fruit and abiding faithfully. Now, the official definition for flirt, well, not super official. It's the Google definition of flourishing, but it's here. And it is to grow and develop in a healthy or vigorous way as the result of a favorable environment. And so I like to ask myself, am I flourishing? Why am I not flourishing? And I think a better question to ask is, what does your environment look like? What are some things that are holding you back in your environment? And I want you all to know today that God is trying to say to you that it's time to let those things that are holding you back, let them go. Because it's time for them to die. And it's so important to let these things die in your life because you can use it as a fertilizer to boost you forward so then you can flourish again. And I'm not quite talking about the fruit of the spirit that is so so good but I'm talking about flourishing and passion and flourishing in God and flourishing in his promises and his anointings but it's so necessary for you guys to let these things die and in the bible it says not to lean on your own understanding I think that we've all like heard that a time or two but I think that also applies with timing don't lean on your own timing because your timing and God's timing are on complete different worlds. And I think a prime example of that would be Jesus and the fig tree. I like to imagine that Jesus was a little hungry, you know, just a little hungry. And he was like having those cravings. He wants some figs. And then he looked up at this tree and reached up to grab a fig. But there wasn't anything there. But it was in season. It was in the fruitful season. But the tree refused to grow its fruit. And that is so important because you will never have the want to do things, but you have to depend on God's timing for it. And as I wrap up, I want to read like this super old prayer. It's like 3,000 years old or something, but it's still super relevant. And it's Colossians 1 verses 9 through 12. It says, be assured that from the first day we heard of you, we haven't stopped praying for you. Asking God to give you wise minds and spirits attuned to his will, and so acquire a thorough understanding of the ways in which God works. We pray that you'll live well for the master, making him proud as you work hard. As you learn more about how God works, you will learn how to do your work. We pray that you'll have the strength to stick it out over the long haul, not the grim strength of gritting your teeth, but the glory strength only God gives. It is strength that endures the unendurable and spills into joy, thanking the Father who makes us strong enough to take part in everything bright and beautiful. So, uh, I didn't really want to do this, but, uh, it's a little late now, so, uh, So when Alex asked me to speak, he gave me a verse just to make it easier. 
he gave me a First Timothy, like four, twelve through sixteen, and one stuck out to me, and it is a, uh, do not neglect the gifts which has been given to you through pro- prophecy, when the body of elders laid their hands on you, and when I was just reading that prophecy stuck out to me, so I was like, what does that mean, you know? And so prophecy is a prediction or an utterance of a prophet inspired by God. So every, every gift you are given or have is inspired straight from God. I don't know about you, but that's kind of crazy to me, you know? But, uh, and then when I just kept trying to figure out what to speak on and what to go, the, what's that one story? The story of the three servants. You, a lot of you guys know it. Where, like one servant gets a lot and stuff. But when I, I look back at it because I had to read it, you know? And it, it starts out, first verse, it goes, again, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by a story of man. So everything in that story, you automatically know, is straight. Is, that's how it goes down here, you know? So I kept reading, you know, one gets a lot, one gets a little. And no, one gets a lot, one gets just like a good amount, you know? And one just gets like 10 bucks. And then so, like, one, he doubles it. The other one doubles it. The other one hides it, does nothing with it. And then it, he, the master comes back and he goes, you wicked and lazy servant, what little has been given to you will be taken. Now throw this, ser- this useless servant into utter darkness. Now I see that as gifts, the money gifts. So I do MMA like my dad, but I'm better, you know. But, uh, but that takes like time and that takes training and like commitment and energy. And I used to train a lot. I used to go three, four times a week just to get there but I stopped going. So my talent, my ability for that has faded. I'm not as good as I was. But in the same way, your godly talents can fade. But the difference is that when they fade, your godly talents are taken away. They're gone. And I don't know about you guys, but that's kind of scary, you know? But then when I was thinking about it, I also realized if the talents can fade, they can also grow. And I don't think God can put a limit on how much your talents can grow. Thank you, guys. Oh, that's awesome. Stand to your feet and give some praise to this next gen. Don't you stand to your feet? Come on, let's honor them for a minute. Let's honor what they did standing up here, the courage they took. Olivia's throwing me something. What are you throwing me? The whoa, you're throwing me the, the whoa, what, right there? <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, man, it is cool to see a church that, that loves the next gen. And uh, I, I, think about this for me for a minute. What if you had had a church like this growing up? I, I just want you to see uh, what you're pointing into and what you're believing for and what you're giving to. And I, I don't know where my life would have been if I had had a church like this. I mean, I can, I know what, what the things I wouldn't have ha- had happened to me and the places I wouldn't have gone, a, a church that's relevant and cool and loves the next generation and worships loud and, and pours our, our heart and our resources and has a group of students stepping up. Not just that we tolerate students in next gen, we celebrate and we champion them. We give them a platform and, Come on, what about the student worship team? They were going through the roof, huh? Man. Listen, it, uh, it can be like, it, it should be and can be. And 
like this every week that we're going after God with this kind of passion. And I'm so proud of you guys and just the courage and the boldness to stand up and to and deliver what God's put on your heart. And and um, I, I just I think the messages just that, that went down the line uh, really are kind of a salvation walk being used by God. I mean, talking about putting our focus on God and putting the focus on on his light and who he is and and then watching you come alive in God and and led talking about once that happens beginning to sharpen yourself and getting people around you that's the church and believers and and friends and Christian community to to be sharpened so we're not just dull trying to get through life with a dull edge come on it's hard to do that in Christianity some of y'all are wondering why it's hard to cut through certain things. It's because you have nobody around you and you're not in connect groups and you're not on serve teams. And like just going to church and showing up at church isn't going to sharpen you. Listen, listen, sermons are great, but this is good. But this is just a catalyst for change. The real change is in the conversations in your car and with your pastors and connect group leaders and friends and social circles and and, and, and it starts there. This is just a catalyst. And let's talk about getting sharp. And I love Reese's message. I mean, what an amazing thought. I'm, I'm going to close with her, her thought today of, of God hasn't left you. He's just waiting on your yes. And that you can be used by God. And some of you feel guilty or you feel like sh- you have shame or you messed up too bad. And, and here, here's a young girl telling us like, yeah, there's transitions in life that are hard and scary. And the reality is God is just waiting on you to actually say yes fully. Like, yes. Yes, God. He isn't left. You see Jasmine telling us to check our environment. You know, like maybe stuff's not flourishing. Maybe you don't understand why you don't have passion or this or that. And sometimes in our environment, things have to die and end up growing us in the long run. Sometimes the death of the of the thing is more painful, but it's what causes growth. I was thinking of King David and and just the next gen. And I mean, it was King David took on Goliath. And I I love I love this. Every, Every opportunity equals opposition. I mean, if you're going to have an opportunity, it's going to have opposition connected to it. And we see a young boy who's 13 years old and 14, maybe 15 years old, saying, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that comes against the armies of the living God? I love that about, about David. Listen to this. He, he sensed an imposter. Who is this imposter? I love that about the next generation. They can tell what's an imposter and what's not an imposter. They can tell what's real and what's not real. And, And some of you are so intimidated right now in your life by an imposter. Come on, it's an imposter. That fear is an imposter. That giant's an imposter. That lie that is an imposter. God's saying you don't have to be afraid of the imposters that the enemy throws your way. You can step up boldly like a generation and give your life to God and say yes to God. And then my son, lastly, he, he stood up and just talked about our talents and our gifts and how like we can we can actually have those taken from us if we bury them but they also can grow and flourish if we'll use them and practice them and I mean that's the kingdom all the way down the line here guys and I I, I just I just want to say I want to pray for this I'm going to pray for you and I'm going to close up I I just I'm so proud of our church and so proud that you have your heart for for your your kids and our students and just worshiping God freely in this place being in a, a church that's alive I've had so many people come to me today and just over the last couple, even months, and just say, I would, if it wasn't for this church, and I've never found a place like this, and I walked in, I love what you said, Olivia, you walked in, you're like, man, y'all were crazy, <laughs> you know, 
and, and, and people, I mean, when they, when they see the real thing and sense the real thing, I remember years ago, years ago, we were worshiping God. We were in a little middle school gymnasium and we were worshiping. And I don't know, you guys, I'm sure remember the young lady we talked about it. The Wilsons were here back then and the Hussars and several families. And, and, um, and this, we were worshiping our hearts out. This lady came in and she, and she actually got saved, crying, tears in her eyes. She'd come for about a month checking us out. She said, y'all were crazy. She said, I watched y'all worship. Y'all were crazy. She said, but she goes, she told me this after. She goes, but when I watched you worship, I realized that I didn't know God. She goes, I I realized I didn't have a relationship with whoever y'all were interacting with. And I had another young lady who's in a part of our church now and has been water baptized. She been through a rough background, came to our church about a year ago, said, y'all are crazy. She said, these are, y'all are, y'all are crazy. She said, I don't get this. She said, I, I, she was invited here and she said something that kept drawing her back. And, and she said, she goes, when I thought you were crazy, she goes, I just want you to know now I'm one of you. <laughs> she goes, now I'm one of you. I don't, I don't know what you might think. Maybe you're just invited here today. Maybe you think we're crazy. Maybe you're just wondering what this thing about God is. And it's okay to have questions. But I just want to say God's presence is here, is here. And you don't have to be intimidated by the giants in your life. God is just waiting on you to say yes. I was reading a story in 2 Kings or 1 Kings where Ahab was the king. And it's an amazing story. This is what I want to pray over because some of you are in this boat right now. The enemy comes to Ahab and makes a deal with Ahab and says, hey, we're going to invade Israel and take over Israel if, if you don't give us your women, your wives, your daughters, and, your, and the treasury of Israel. So the elders get together of the church and they decide, okay, we'll make a deal with this king. As long as they don't conquer us, uh, we'll give them our wives, we'll give them our daughters, and we'll give them the treasury. And the king says, okay, we're going to take all that. And he says, but we're not satisfied with that. He says, actually, once we take all that, we're not going to take over your nation, but you're going to have to allow our soldiers to come into your to your town and when when the soldiers come into your homes anything that they see that's pleasant in your eye they get to take I'm just talking with God about this story I'm like come on like it wasn't enough to give the the daughters and the wives and the money away to the enemy but then the enemy says oh yeah yeah I also want anything that's pleasant in your eye Come on, listen, there's things trying to intimidate you right now. The devil doesn't stop with just the first round. And he doesn't stop with just, you know, taking what he wants. He comes and he says, I'm going to come into your personal space. I'm going to come into your your home, into your place. And I'm going to take the things that are precious in your eye. And I'm just here to say, we've got a generation that's alive. And the devil's not going to take our mind, not going to take our wives, not going to take our our family, not going to take our friends, not going to steal our health, not going to take our church. And, and, and we as a church and people have to stand up and say, you know what? No, the church of God is alive and, and we're called by him and we're going to take this city. Every service is going to be full. People are going to meet the crazy people for Jesus. We're going to worship unabandoned. We're going to show, what'd you say? We're going to show our butt for Jesus. Is that what you said? And she said, she said, David, what you she said, David, clap back. I love that. I learned that today. We're going to clap back at the devil, somebody. Look at somebody say, clap back at the devil. Clap back. I'm so thankful that we get to clap back. I want to pray for you and uh, believe God that whatever's intimidating you, whatever imposters come into your, into your presence, that you would stand up and say, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that comes against the armies of the living God? 
And that today, God has not left you. He's just waiting for a yes. He's just waiting for your yes. You saw a group of students come up here and give a yes today. God's waiting to your yes to his peace, your yes to his power, your yes to his joy, your yes to his presence. Yeah, there's fear all around. Yeah, there's giants. Yeah, there's imposters. Yeah, there are lies. Yeah, there are temptations. Yes, there are habits. Yes, there are things pulling at you. But God just asking for a yes. With heads bowed and eyes closed today, Jesus went to a cross 2,000 plus years ago and gave the ultimate yes so you could give a yes today. That our yeses mean nothing apart from his yes. And our life has no power apart from his yes. But he said yes so we could say yes. And he wants to join together with us. He wants to give us new life, new strength, relationship with God. If you're here in this place, I'm going to ask you in a minute just by show of hands. No one's looking around. I'm not going to embarrass you or bring you forward. But, but if you'd say, you know, today's my day to say yes. I've been facing some imposters. I've been facing some, some powers that I don't have power over. I can't control it. I've been trying to do this thing on my own. And I'm ready to say yes to Jesus today. I'm ready to say yes to his power and to his strength and to him being my Lord and him being my leader. I've been saying yes to myself or yes to popularity or yes to my own skills and ability, but I'm ready to say yes to Jesus. No one's looking around. I don't know where your walk with God is right now. I don't know what it looked like this morning or yesterday. I don't know where you're you're treading or what's trying to to tempt you or what's trying to to come against you and, and, and make you fearful or afraid. Maybe it's shame, maybe it's a horrific sin, or maybe it's abuse, or maybe it's something of an addiction that you can't break out of. None of that matters. Here's the thing. It's important, but it doesn't matter because Jesus, yes, is bigger than all that. We saw it on a tree. The Bible is as simple as this. Jesus came to give his life for us, die on a tree. He was ripped and annihilated, gave all of his blood, gave his heart breathed his last breath he overcame the greatest imposters of death hell and the grave and satan and sin those were imposters in the planet and he said yes and overcame those so we could overcome them today is just a day for you to say yes not to religion not to rules not to church not to a building not to a denomination but to a relationship with god almighty and you can actually have a life-giving relationship you can have a brand new heart you, you can actually, someone was sharing with me first service. They said, I, I've just got so many roots and so many heritages from my earthly family that have scarred us and they're so deep within and we, we have trouble changing because of all the patterns and the things we grew up with. Let me just say this to you. When you say yes to Jesus Christ, your earthly heritage and your earthly DNA is actually cut off and all of your divine DNA is connected to the heritage of Jesus Christ. You can actually reattach to a new heritage and a new legacy and a new genealogy. That's the point of being born again. Born again. Now we tap into divine DNA. If you're here again, no one's looking around. If you say, you know what, Jamie, I've been fighting shame. I've been fighting fear. I've been fighting guilt. I'm ready to say yes to Jesus and let him have all that. I'm ready to say yes to his power to overcome imposters in my life. No one's looking around on three. I'm going to count to three. I'd ask you to put your hand up to me. If you're ready to say yes today, just a fresh start in God. One, two, three. If you've got a yes, put your hand up to me right now. Yes to God. Come on, I'm ready to say yes. Come on, hands across the room. Hands all over the place. Come on, yes, 
Awesome. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. I need you, Jesus. God bless you. God bless you, sir. Father, you see our hands. You know our hearts more than our hands. Thank you that we get to take steps of faith and say yes. We say yes to you today, not because your, your glory needs our praises, but you've given us just life and breath. And we just say yes to you as our master, our Lord, our leader. You are God. I'm going to pray a prayer right now for us. And you can pray this in your own words or you can pray my words, whatever you like. No magic in the words. It's just your heart of faith. We're just going to accept Jesus as our Lord and our Savior. And the Holy Spirit's going to come in and give you a brand new start, a fresh start in God. Just open up your heart and pray with me right now. If you didn't put your hand up and need to, put your heart up in this prayer right now. Father, thank you for, for sending your son, Jesus. Jesus, thank you for saying yes 2,000 plus years ago and leaving heaven as a missionary and coming to this planet as, as all God and all man and being born to die. Thank you, Jesus, for, for saying yes to being beaten and bruised and annihilated to that tree, God, being nailed to the cross. Thank you for bleeding on my behalf, God. Thank you for bleeding and dying for our sin and our shame and our guilt and the pain and the brokenness and the addiction and the abuse and the darkness. Thank you for overcoming the imposters of hell, death, and the grave and defeating death once and for all through resurrection, Jesus. Thank you for your power. You are God. You're not a good guy. You're not a great teacher. You are God, Jesus. We look to you today and we say yes, Jesus, to you. Yes to your leadership. Yes to your power. Yes to your life. Thank you for giving us the power to turn around and turn to God and have a relationship with our Heavenly Father. Remove all shame and guilt right now. Remove all, remove all fear. Remove every imposter that's been trying to intimidate us right now. And Lord, let us know that you haven't left us and that you're here in the midst of our yes today. We say that you're Lord and you're Savior. And we surrender. Holy Spirit, fill us up now. And give us the power to serve God the rest of our life. In Jesus' mighty name, we give you glory and praise and honor. Come on. Let's give God a big yes with our praise. We love you, Lord. You're worthy of praise and honor. Come on. What a great celebration. People all over this house saying yes to God and saying yes to a fresh start. I just want you to know every week, people are ready today. Come on, students, y'all been used by God today in a mighty way for people to say yes to Jesus.